Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm here, so. <laughs> I'm Shea Goodsogs in there, and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren, and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have, I don't, is that like you eat them together? Everybody tells him to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw. Like. <laughs> Howdy. I, I'm, a, I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. I, I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Great. Very good. I like the hat. You bro. like the hat? Yeah. <laughs> Vava, this is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey, it's Black Friday today. You can go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for $1 a month for 12 months. 12 months. That's a long time to get it $1 a month for 12 months. It's a great deal. You should go get it right now. It's going to be gone tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, I'm sorry. You can't have it anymore. Uh, hey, also... If you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that would be so, so nice of you. Uh, my bosses are looking at every single one now. And so if you want to do something nice for us, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and people will see it. They are already noticing the nice people, the nice dunkers out there leaving us five-star reviews. Uh, McKelle, we're back. We're finally back. We're back. I, I, was gone for a, I was gone for a week. I was out of town for a week, and... In some places I had internet, and some places I didn't have great internet, and it was just, um, it was weird. It was a weird week. It's good to be back. Uh, feels great to be to be back on the pod and it feeling uh, rather normal. So, here we are. Yeah, I'm no longer mad at you, so so we can pod normally. <laughs> I mean, you left me alone last week. I did. Um, I did. It's true. But hey. I mean, can we take a second to realize what a week it was? Like, well, it was Thanksgiving, so nice. Yeah. But also, like, the um, the two podcasts, like, No Dunks and The Low Pod. I mean, <sighs> wow. It was, it, was a, it was awesome. I was very overwhelmed by it. It was, I, I feel very blessed. And I got to do that. I did them, like, both back to back. So it was mm-hmm. just... Uh, it was just, just a strange experience, like getting to do both those shows just back to back. Getting to do the the No Dunks pod in person with those guys at their studio was so much fun. And then like right after I get done with them, it's like, okay, now I have to set up to talk to Zach Lowe. It's like, what is happening right now? Like, what is this? <laughs> quick quick question. Here? Do you think that Zach thinks he owes you for real? 
Like when he said, yeah, I owe you. I will yeah, come to your I mean, podcast. We, I owe we you. talked about it pre and post pod that he's like, yeah, for real, okay. just let me know. And I'm, I'm strategically okay. thinking about when I want that to be. So, okay. uh, I think it is going to happen. So, uh, Hey, J dub is back after missing three games. And that's great news because they really mm-hmm. missed him against the 76ers. And the more I, I kind of digested that game, uh, the more I think that was just such a weird game. And still, they didn't like get crushed by them. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I watched it live and um, it was very ill advised because it was the longest game ever. Um, and I. I went. I went to bed at like two forty in the morning. So not great, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's um, it was a game where I, I think Degnold immediately pulled the idea of having Chet, um, guarding Embiid for the yeah. entire game. Yeah, he which, did. Which, which it's the only thing where I that and, and another rotation uh, quirk that I didn't particularly like. But I think it was a little bit too quick because in the I understand the fact to put a body onto Embiid uh, and the fact that you don't want Chet to be that guy all the time. But it was very, very immediate. And I wonder, like, uh, can you try to to do five out before that? Like, to, do, you, do you want to at least see what it's like to 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 go full offense and 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 space the core like crazy before you get into the J will which by the way he played really well um i just was a little bit uh, baffled by the fact that yeah i saw that the beginning looked very very similar to what it happened against denver um but it was weird uh or 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 maybe it was yeah okay we we already prepare for this but then we just do it immediately mhm yeah I, I thought it was interesting for sure. The whole, I mean, the the end of the game rotations too were just they were all they're just kind of all over the place. He said that he was just kind of looking and decided that like, hey, Kaysen Wallace is not your game. He only played like fourteen minutes. Um, yeah. So yeah, we can we can we can do this now. This is fine. Uh, people in the chat just want to know want us to address the situation. The NBA is addressing the situation with Giddy. If you guys want an explanation as to what's going on. Like, we're waiting for the league. No one's ignoring anything. There's nothing to talk about. There's been, an, there's not even been a true allegation. If, like, you want to talk about true allegations, there's not been a, there's no legal proceeding. This is a, this is something created by the internet. And whether it's true or not, the NBA is going to investigate it. And so if you want more of an explanation than that, then, like, people are, are making stuff up. If you want us to sit here and make stuff up, that's not what I want to do. That's not what anybody else is going to do. So you can come in the chat and say that we're ignoring something. We're not ignoring it. The league is investigating it. And once we have some concrete evidence or concrete analysis as to what's going on, we're going to ha- we're going to we're going to address it. We're going to talk about it. But there's nothing to talk about except for the league has started an investigation based on essentially the you know Josh being asked questions and then. Somebody calling the league and saying, hey, are you investigating the situation? And then the league later said yes and sent the information to Shamsharania. So we're all waiting. So waiting just like you can are. I, can I say something and then you can delete it for from everywhere if I go 
if I'm wrong or weird or whatever. I mean, I'm Italian, so I I I, I don't fully uh, probably know or understand all the rules, so I will not discuss them. What I what I think we can do as a community, uh, a community on the web, is to be very careful with words, with judgment, with assessments. As Andrew mentioned, I mean, there is nothing to assess on for sure. And using words that I read in the chat, like pedophiles or stuff like that, I mean, it may be, uh, it may happen that someone says, this is what it is. But until then, those are words that are have a very precise meaning for a lot of people. And um, to use them like in, a, in this free way, in this, uh, I would say, a little bit ill-advised way, uh, just to be the, early, the earliest to say it, it's, it's not good. It doesn't help anybody. Again, um, the facts will be the facts. My perception is that no matter what the facts are, most of the people already decided what, uh, what, what their facts are. Yeah. And this is... This, this amounts and accounts for nothing, accounts for a lot of noise, a lot of fuss. And in the end, when the facts will be presented to us, we will have, um, I would say, um, if we have to, an opinion. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's early. And again, choosing words and choosing the way in which we discuss stuff, it's, I think, in these moments, the most important. Um, because we have to respect the situation. We have to respect the person involved. And since we are on the fence, we should respect Giddy until there is some truth or there is some facts and there is someone uh, who shares the fact with us. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that, um, again, um, it's my way. And it's not like excusing something. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not particularly interested in that. Yeah. But when I see these words, this, uh, I mean people the screams that uh, ask for whatever i mean no uh we can we can wait and we can wait for the truth because that 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 is extremely important yeah it's the league is investigating it it's in the league's hands now we don't have an answer from the league yet and when we do we'll talk about it but until then there's nothing to talk about he's gonna play in the game tomorrow against minnesota they're not sitting him the league isn't gonna sit him so there's not a whole lot to talk about here. If he's being suspended or if there are like actions against him, then yeah, we would discuss it. But right now there's an investigation going on. I mean, we don't know how many investigations are happening right now amongst all 400 plus NBA players. There are way more than anybody knows investigations happening on NBA players right now. We know about the giddy one, but there are a lot of them happening right mm -hmm. now. So we don't discuss all of them. They aren't all known. So like let's just let's just wait. Let's wait and then we will um, talk about it whenever the league is done with their investigation. Okay. Back to the team. They're eleven and five. Mikel, I always want to run down some some numbers for you as we get into this and just uh, I want you to tell me whether you think that this is too high, as in this gonna go down, too low, or just right. Okay, this is our. Um, can, can we acknowledge that eleven and five is awesome? Great. Is that too high? Um, no, eleven and five. I think it's uh, about right. They yeah. lost games. They that they. I think that it's. I I still don't know what's the real strength of schedule that they played. 
mm-hmm. up to now. They played two very good teams in Philadelphia and Denver. Mm-hmm. They played a team that um, in Sacramento that was, I mean, they played well, but that's they didn't a, have their best player. That was a bad loss. And, that was like the, yeah, that's a, that's like their one like yeah. a truly bad loss in there. It's a sack game. But they also lost the game against Golden State that could have gone different ways, and yeah, and also the one against the Pelicans. So I think that the record is uh, true to what they they have been mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. Give it the take. Yeah, uh, they're second in net rating right now, eight point three. That to me is high. They had <laughs> it's higher than anyone's net rating from last season. So yeah, it's high. Yeah. That's that's very high. Yeah. I think that um, if you think that they lost a lot against Denver, it's 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 really surprising. Yeah. What OKC is to me, and I know that this should be a very simple question without an explanation, but I'll explain anyway. Um, I think that they are very good at the demolish teams that are not good enough. Oh yeah, I mean they they so, just killed San Antonio, killed yeah. San Antonio couple weeks killed ago. portland killed um, portland beat detroit like they've they've just taken care of business like they, they they're playing like just a straight up good team they didn't have a very good game against philadelphia but they were still in it i mean they weren't mm-hmm. completely they didn't get blown out by philly they were just in the game and they're missing one of their best players and Isaiah Joe shot terribly in that game, and yet they're still in the game, and that's a mark of like a a good team, is that you're just yeah. you're just in the game, and you didn't play particularly well, and the Sixers did play well, they played really well. Embiid was amazing. That yeah, was one of Embiid's of best games. Yeah, that was one of Embiid's best games of the whole season, right there, and he was very focused, and. You're going to get that from more and more players. Is that players are going to be very focused on trying to beat Oklahoma City? I think we're going to see that in Minnesota. I think Edwards, that, and Towns, and Gobert are going to be very focused on beating Oklahoma City. If you if you want to encapsulate how the rest of the league feels about the Thunder, look at the game against the Sixers last year in December, mm-hmm. and look at this one, mm-hmm. and look at how Joel Embiid plays, and you have your your answer. Like teams are facing OKC right now with, hey, we really need to play tonight. Last year it was, yeah, we'll see. Oh, they're hot. Well, maybe we can. Oh, no. Okay, who cares? Um, so I think that this is a this is the point of the first 16 games of the season. Teams really care about playing the Thunder and really play hard from the get going against OKC, which wasn't the case last year. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, the Thunder seventh in defense, one hundred nine point six is their current defensive rating. If I were to say, I would say that's just about right. Like they are a good defensive team when they're locked yeah. in. They have good perimeter defenders. They have Chet, who is not a perfect defender, but a very good defender, and they get effort from almost everybody. And if you don't give effort, you're just not going to play. Like you're just flat yeah. out aren't going to play, or you're going to play very few minutes. And so they've really constructed a roster that is one very versatile defensively, but also just the competitors are just just relentless. And that to me is probably the biggest thing. Yeah, I think that they're 
This is this might even be too low. Like they they may end up in the top five as far as defensive teams go by season's end. If I remember correctly, and I didn't watch the stats over the past uh, two games, um, I think that they still have a little bit of three point luck, uh, which is slowly regressing, but um, but still opponents are shooting not a good percentage against them so that i think will will make the total number going a little bit up mm-hmm. in terms of defensive rating but in terms of position if you if you ask me if i want to bet that they would be a top 10 defensive team i would say yes today yeah. i think that top 5 uh top 5 depends on how okc plays in terms of rotations and also how Chet Im- improves in terms of the things that he's not doing well defensively mm-hmm. uh, as of as, a, as of today, mm-hmm. uh, and also a few others. What what really worries me warms me when when I look the Thunder is how Shea plays defensively. Oh yeah, um, he he doesn't get the toughest assignment because you can't ask him to do so uh, in the regular and season. Also, you have Dort and Kaysen, like you don't need him to, and also J Dub, like you just don't need him to. Yeah. But but he had a few moments of Maxi that was the best. Maxi was defended by the, the entire night. Yeah. Um, Dor didn't have a good game against Maxi. I think that <laughs> the lack of length and the quickness of Max, the lack of length of Dort and the mm-hmm. quickness of Maxi put mm-hmm. him in real difficulty. Maxi is a great player, and he had the two baskets that I think decided the game. Um, Shea was different on him, and so this is the part where even if they are not a top five defense, when Shea can get maybe more possessions, a more quality possession in there coming in in the eventual, uh, maybe, postseason, mm-hmm. this team will be very, 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 very good defensively. So I think that the upside is there. Yeah. Yeah, Shea, Shea's a two-way defender. And I put out, like, his hustle stats are crazy. I need to see update them. But, like, he's he's toward the top of the league in, like, contests. He's toward the top of the league in, like, loose balls recovered. He's toward the top of the league in deflections. He's toward the top of the league in steals. He's He is like every like hustle stat, like he's checking all those boxes as a guy who's using, knows how to use the length that he's been given and is mm-hmm. giving effort. Like these are all just like effort stats. Like do you care? Like where? Yeah. what is your care factor? And he's showing up in all these stats where it's like, yes, he cares. And that is a huge deal. Because, I mean, Shea is a two-way star that should be getting some recognition as a defender. Yeah. So it's, yeah, very, it it's very exciting to see. And also, a part of the, the defensive record that we need to, to – the defensive rating that we need to discuss is that yeah. part of it is, like, being bleeding rebounds um, all mm-hmm. over the place, mm-hmm. which is something that I expect in, uh, to, to improve Maybe not dramatically, but there are a lot of rebounds where you can see just Kitty and Chet just staring at the oh ball. Oh my gosh! Well, it's it's funny. And this is a stat that I had for later, but I can go ahead and say it. So they're second in box outs per game. Second yeah. in box outs. You know what they you know what they are in defensive rebound percentage? Mm, last, second last, thirtieth, last. 30th. last. Mm-hmm. They're doing a good job of putting a body on somebody, and then they're all just watching and they're looking around like, "Where's Russell Westbrook?" You know, like they just need somebody to just be a magnet to the ball. That's one thing that Russ was so good at. That is, he's maybe the best of all time, honestly. Yes. There was also one thing that Russ hated to do 
and that is strictly correlated with what you're discussing, which is guarding the, the corner uh, when he was there. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, yeah, totally. so there, there are, mis- there are is... mistakes around it, around what he was doing, but he was so good at just finding the ball and just lasering himself to the ball. Like, he yeah. just... He was just great at it. And there's nobody on this Thunder team that's truly great at that. That is just like, hey, I'm going to go get the ball. Like, it, yeah. like, box out, move people around for me because I'm going to go get it. There's nobody like that. Yeah. There's nobody like that on this team. Yeah. Um, and I think that the, the Sixers game, um, I think that um, helped me um, understanding that maybe this chat at the fourth thing with the right center. With a stretch center. time to time, yeah, it may work. Yeah, he he played well. They played well together, and like Jay Will played very well. Jay Will was awesome. He had five assists. All five assists went to Chet in the game. Yeah. It was it was very very interesting to watch. And then they'll play more together. That we'll probably see it against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that will happen. So I mean it's it's very fun. It's it's just it's 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 cool to see Chet just thriving in nearly every situation that he's been put in outside of like two possessions against Andre Drummond in game 1, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, back to the loss against Philly, I mean, I I almost didn't care about the result. I mean, I, I obviously care because the more you win, the likely it is that you are in the postseason and we all want to see the Thunder mm-hmm. playing a playoff game, a real playoff game. Mm-hmm. But what Chet was doing and what Chet has been doing almost make me just, okay, it's it's awesome. Like, this guy is insane in terms of talent. Yep. And yeah, it may be that this year for the fact that he can get a lot of rebounds or he's not perfect or the team is not ready, they will not win 48, 49 win games and they will maybe win 44. But the future, I mean, this guy had a 30-point game against two of the best teams. Uh, well, Golden State is not was not in that game, but they, they were playing super hard to win and he had an amazing game. And against Embiid, it's not easy. It's not easy as a center oh, to take yeah. 11 trees and make five. It was like, great. And, and that dunk. I mean, yeah, the dunk was awesome. Wow. Yeah. I will say it, it is easy to get 11 threes off against Embiid because he just doesn't ever leave the paint. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. But you need to be, to have the, the guts to take them. Oh, he's got the guts, man. If, it, if, if he's got anything, that's what Chet's got. And that's, that's the thing that makes me feel like... And you have to make enough because, I mean... He's a shooter. He's like a legit shooter. And he's somebody that, that is going to be one of the best 10 players in the league. Like, I, I believe that. From what I've seen so far, we've seen him play 16 games, McKelly. 16 yeah. games. And they haven't even like made him necessarily a go-to guy. Like we haven't even and they are not featuring Chet. We haven't scratched the surface of what Chet Holmgren can be in this league. And the f- I I truly believe that at at the apex of what this can be, and there are a lot of factors that are going to lead this to for that to happen or for it not to happen. But I believe that the Thunder have currently the potential to have two top ten players on their team right now and Shea and Chet. And if you have two top 10 players on your team, you are a title contender. I believe that they have the chance to move toward that. Will it happen? I don't know. There's a lot of factors at play that will allow them to achieve that or not. But what Chet has done so far has been just phenomenal. And it's cool that he can play the four. I still think that Chet at the five is what's going to completely unlock this whole thing. And, sure. And if you can I, get I completely agree. And if you can continue to develop the guys you got, figure out what you need, they're going to have all the ammunition to go get what they want. All of it. They're going to be able to figure it out because they're going to have more picks than they know what to do with. Heck, they could find somebody in this next draft. I know this draft kind of stinks, but they could find somebody in this next draft with the picks that they have that could fill that role. I mean that's not it's not impossible that that happens or in the draft after that, and then you have another guy on a rookie scale that's cheap, as you have to start paying these guys, and to figure it out. It's just the position that the Thunder are in is unique and has the potential to be for them to have a better run than they did before, and they're going to need some luck and they're going to need. These guys to lock in, they're going to need a lot of sacrifice. But this team is in an outrageous spot right now, and a lot of and a lot of it is just like Shea is a top eight player, top five player, whatever you want to call him. Up eight, up eight. What is that? I'm, I'm eight. Just, I'm just glad you're getting upset with me. Yeah, of course I am. Like OKC eleven and five, and he is just everywhere. We just yeah. discussed that he is probably the best two way guard in the league. Yeah, if you account for how good he is on offense top and how three? good he is on defense. Top three? No, top five is fine. Yeah. Top five is fine. Top five. And then Chet, who is already showing up statistically as one of the better players in the league. He's played 16 games. He's played 16 games. 
And he's already won them a game. In Golden State, mind you, that's a tough place to play. That's yeah. a really tough place to play. And against Steph Curry, and they were on a major slide. I thought, boy, if they yeah. could just split there. Where Curry isn't playing the first game, fine. Curry plays in the second one, Thunder lose it, whatever. They won both. They yeah. won both. And Crismo in the chat, does SGA lead the league, lead all guards in stocks in the NBA? Yes, he does. He leads the league currently in steals and blocks among guards. That includes, mind you, players like Asar Thompson, Scotty Barnes, Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart, Jalen Suggs, Donovan Mitchell, Dyson Daniels, all those dudes. He has more than all By those way, guys. Do you feel better um, about Suggs now a little bit? Just a little bit? I mean, bit? yeah. I mean, definitely. He's good. Okay. Suggs they is are good. playing so well. Yeah, they're great. They're, they finally started to figure out how to play 48 minutes of basketball where they were just yeah. playing first halves and then falling completely apart in the second half. So that's cool. I'm um, not sure how I should trust my instinct draft-wise after Cole Anthony is probably turning into a top 30 player in the league, top 50. That is oh, that is mind-boggling to me, but he's jumping the gun on awesome. the top 30. But he's, I mean, he's played well, but like, no, come top. on, man. Come on, top man. sixty. Yeah, I mean, maybe top 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 eighty. Top eighty. That is still top eighty-seven player in the league. You know, it's better than yeah. we both thought he would be. Yeah, he's played yeah. well. He's played really physical. Is something that Cole has done. I was watching last night. Like he just he like getting in the paint, and guys are just hammering him, and he's still making shots. Like he's yeah, he's become a really good player. He deserves. He deserves yeah. a lot of credit. Also, in terms of like shot creation, like for others, go get a bucket. He can go get a bucket. He can go help find guys. They, he's been very important to what they've done. Very, very important to how that they've executed for sure. Um, okay, the Thunder are sixth in offense, one seventeen point nine. That is the highest offensive rating in Thunder history, by the way. Um, which is not a surprise. Like the. The offensive efficiencies right now are through the roof for everybody. But it is kind of cool that this is the best offense by the numbers in Thunder history. So kind of cool. But yeah, top top seven. They're seventh in defense, sixth in offense right now. Second in net rating. They're in a good spot. I think the offense, they're a little bit over their skis, mostly because they're second in effective field goal percentage at 57%. Mm-hmm. They're first in three-point percentage in the NBA right now at 40.5%. Um, those numbers are um, – th- those won't stay. Like, they're not going to be the best three-point shooting team in the league. However, they are first in free-throw percentage at 85.8%. I think they are the best free-throw shooting team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, I do believe that that is true. Um, it's really hard to say that they are not true to that number because on one hand you have – the three-point percentage, which I think it's probably 2.5 points higher than where they will land. I think that they will land between 37.5 and 38.5 for the mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. Um, which if you account for, I don't know, uh, 10 trees per game uh, made, it's it's probably half a point or something like that. I can't do the math right now in my head. Um, but you also have the the lack of free throws. 
I mean, and it's not that those are free points that yeah. I think OKC is not getting. They're, and there are 13 free throw attempts per game, which is low. That's low. I think it's low. So I think that they will lose um, half a point, maybe a point in offensive rating. A point seems too, uh, too, too much, but they will get a little bit from the free throw line. And so I think that they will probably cancel. And, and so I think that they can be a top 10 offense. I think that they play like a top 10 offense, mm-hmm. um, especially when, when you have a guy like J-Dub on the court, which whenever nothing is working, he can get you a bucket when Shea is off the court. And boy, oh boy, they missed that. Uh, they missed that, and they missed the physicality defensively against. I mean, they could have turned, t- took turn, uh, uh, turn on, on Maxi defensively, and mm-hmm. and he said it was probably just Dort and, and a little bit of Kazen. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to discuss just the individual three point shooters, and if they're too high, too low, or just right. We'll be right back. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, McKelly, let's talk through each Thunder player who's taken, let's say, maybe we can go through like the top 10 in mm-hmm. three-point percentage, um, or top 10 in three-point attempts, and then talk about their percentages as we go through. Uh, number one in three-point attempts, no surprise here, Isaiah Joe has almost taken 100 threes in 16 games, which is uh, amazing, by the way, that he's been able to do that. He's shooting 48.5% from three. Too high, too low, or just right? Too high. I think he he will land around 41, 42. Yeah. Uh, Lugans Dort has taken 60. Too high. Sorry. (laughs) 42.6% from three for our boy Lou Dort. Yeah, that is between seven and 10 points percentage better than what I expect him to be. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe five for me. I'm a Dort believer. But yeah, do you think he will land at thirty-seven? I think it's possible. He's taking the thing. The thing that's different is that he's actually taking good three-pointers. That's the quality of shot that he's taking is is a bit better. Mm-hmm. So he rarely is taking a contested three. Rarely, rarely. So it happens, but it's rare. It's not happening. Okay, <laughs> next one. Uh, Chet Holmgren has taken 64 threes. He's made 28 of them, putting him at 43.8% from three. Too high, too low, just right. I think that is just right. Yeah, he's a really good shooter. And he's he, yeah. he's getting high-quality shots, too. And when people, when teams actually start truly closing out in like a way that is like, please don't let Chet shoot threes, the amount of offense that's going to open up from that is going to be beautiful. So yeah, it's uh it's very very good for the Thunder that he has shown up and is like a legit shooter. Yeah, I think that just right maybe is a little bit uh, too high. I think that he will finish above forty if I have to bet. Yeah, I would. So too. yeah, uh, Shea Gilgeous Alexander has taken fifty five threes. He's made twenty for a thirty six point four percentage. Too high, too low, just right. Just right. I think that Shea is a 35-37% three-point shooter. He's getting better shots. Um, he's putting a few um, step-back shots. Mm-hmm. I think that the percentage is right where it should be. Uh, he was never like the 40% shooter that he was like in the bubble after bubble season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's not like a below 35% shooter. Um, if you give him enough space to, to get off a couple of catch-and-shoot shots per game, 
And so I think that um, 36, 37, 35 and a half, that is where he, where he's supposed to be. Yeah. I think it is about just about right too. I I think it's so important for him to have it as a weapon, and he's using it more as a weapon this year, as he is with like his mid range. Like he is outrageous from mid range, and so I think that that it's really important that Shea's taking more threes because it's going to open up a lot more for the rest of the team. And the fact that he's making enough, where he's like a dangerous three level score. I mean, that's also what makes him a top five player in the league. Is like he is dangerous from everywhere right now, yeah. and thirty six percent for a guy that you have to just have yourself glued to the whole time is enough. Like that's what like Luca makes, and like you mm-hmm. have to guard Luca everywhere as a three level scorer. So, I mean, it yeah, makes people sense. are already guarding Shea. It's not that they are sagging up and picking rolls. They are not like cheating on him. Oh yeah. So it's, it's true. That's true. Yeah, they know that when he's set, the percentage is higher than that. Mm-hmm. And and in the last ten games, he is shooting forty one point seven percent. Yeah, from three. So it's it's gotten a little bit better. He started a little cold. Um, as did this player, Jay Dub, has taken thirty eight threes in thirteen games. He's shooting thirty six point eight percent on the season, and over the last ten games, he's shooting forty two percent from three. So that has ticked up quite a bit he started pretty cold as did Shea but uh, 36.8 is that too high too low or just right for Dub I think that Dub has the chance to be a bit better than that mm-hmm. um, better than 36 I would say around 38 I miffed a little bit about the amount of shots I would like, like that to be like 4.5 to 5 per game instead of 3 point something 2.9 yeah 2.9 Two point nine per game. No, that's 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 very low. I mean, he has. He needs to, to be at four. Four five. I mean, yeah. yeah. The only just, player. Just, I mean, the highest is Isaiah Joe's taking six per game. Dort is at four. Chet is at four. Those are the three highest per game. Yeah, I agree. The volume is not isn't is not where it needs to be. Like the team itself needs to just take more threes and like. They're 22nd in three-point attempts per game as a team. Yeah, which is another part that may allow them to be a little bit better offensively. Mm-hmm. Because I think that uh, there are moments where you can have one, two, three more trees per game instead of a few mid-rangers or mm-hmm. like bad drives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Josh Giddy is 9 of 30 at 30%. Too high, too low, just right. Um, just right. Yeah. He's, I think it's probably too, a little bit too low. I think that he's a better shooter than that. And he's, I mean, he's 81% from the free throw line. Not that he's taking a ton, but like he's hitting Mm -hmm. his free throws, you know, like his shooting is improving. I think he's going to be better than 30%. Um, but maybe like 33, maybe 34 as like a, is where he ends up. And he has, he's hadn't taken very many. He's taken basically two a game. At this point, a little mm-hmm. under two a game. So, we'll see. Uh, Kaysen Wallace has taken 26 threes. He's 14 of 26 for 53.8%. It's obviously too high. Yep. But he is also clearly a shooter that needs to take more. Kaysen Wallace, you need to take more threes. You are a very yep. good shooter. You are a very good player. I mean, he's 
Right now, he's 60-53-100 shooting splits. Take more shots. Don't be afraid to yeah. take shots. I saw him hesitate at the beginning of that Sixers game, and it was just like, what is going on here? Like He had just a, a, a three that was wide open, generated by the offense. They should have... He should have taken that shot, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely too high. I, I think that he's another 37 to 36 to 40 percent kind of shooter. Um, he's very diligent in what kind of shots he takes, mm-hmm. um, maybe to his own detriment sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because I, again, um, what I was saying before about Chet is that Chet is not afraid of taking 11 shots, um, nor is Isaiah Joe, no matter how, how many he misses. Yeah. Um, may not be that this year, but in the future, he has to be that guy because mm-hmm. no matter how we, uh, we think about it today, but there will be discussions and it will be difficult to keep a guy like Isaiah Joe on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if Kazan can be that volume score, maybe not with the same off ball movement or the same gravity, but if he's a guy that refuses an open three, then he will never be a guy that, that defenses are going to hunt for or or sorry to to account for um he he has to take like more trees maybe not four or five this year but with the minutes going up he needs to be the guy who hey if that guy is semi-open he will take the three which is exactly what chad and what um what joe are doing yeah isaiah joe is so important to this team yeah he's so important to what they do when you look at like the best like two man pairings, it's like it's Shea and Joe. It's not really very close. Yeah, like they're like they've really learned to work off one another. Their two man game, like their two man like screen game, is outrageous. I mean, they're they've really figured out some stuff between the two of them. And like he's one. I know we worry about like the core four guys and keeping them, but Isaiah Joe, like, I feel like you kind of have to figure out a way to keep him too. And he's gonna. I mean, he, what is he gonna make? Twenty million. Like he's gonna yeah. make he's gonna make a lot of money, but this is also why I was so obsessed with a guy like uh, Hawkins in this draft, because I can see yeah uh, a way to to get another Isaiah Joe kind of guy, mm-hmm. maybe with a little bit more upside or maybe with the same upside, and you just put him in the system, and in two years you Hawkins have a player that's so tiny. It's like the only problem. Like you just need somebody a little bit. He's not a little tiny. He's, he's tiny. Skinny. He's, he's not tiny. tiny. Oh, he's tiny. He's taller than, than Isaiah Joe. He just doesn't play like it, though. Joe, there's, that, some, that is, there's something that is special true. about Isaiah Joe, man. There really is. Like, he's he's yeah. good. Like He is good. He knows how to play, and he knows how to play with this team. And he defends. He competes. He can play a little bit more physical than you think he could. Mm-hmm. And maybe Hawkins will develop that down the road. But Hawkins is just I, – I love his uh, – on offense, I love Jordan Hawkins because mm-hmm. he can find – like he'll go find 15 threes in a game. Like no no sweat. Yeah. De- defensively, though, like there are some big-time, big-time struggles. Like there is – there's a, a sure. long way to go for Jordan Hawkins. Sure. And that's why I would worry but about the, him with, with this particular team. Is like I, I completely agree and support – the point that I have, though, is that that offense is enough to keep him on the court. I mean, it's it's um, it's not like 
like the Bertans thing, I think that Dawkins is not that bad. Um, Bertans is just so very, slow. Very, very few uh, are that bad. It was uh, yeah. you could you could feel the tension on the Thunder bench with these Bertans minutes. Like I yeah. could, I was sitting there just watching. Part of me was watching the team, but then like the other part of me is watching the Thunder bench, just like seeing the reaction from the coaching staff. As they are just like, can, like, is it what's going to happen here? I think I know what's going to happen. Like, this is going to be very good. What are we going to do here? And there were a couple times where Bertans got blown by. Oh my gosh! You know, people yeah. in like the preseason, they're like, oh, you got to play Bertans. Such a great shooter. And he is a good shooter, but boy, he there's a reason why he didn't play much in Dallas. And like, yeah, you're, you could see it pretty clearly against the Seventy Sixers. It was an interesting team to play him against too. Like. I'm gonna get more batons time against the Blazers or something. Like, what's going? <laughs> like, what are, what are we doing here? Playing That's, him against a yeah, really good I, team. I thought that was really kind of fascinating. I think that also the lineups that they put him into were difficult lineups for, for batons to try. If you have a lineup yeah. with Dub, um, maybe Dort or Kazen, you have Shea and you have Chet, and you put batons. Yeah. Instead of Isaiah Joe. Yeah. Um, it can work. It can work if you need just a little bit of size and you need like a few minutes where Joe is maybe not having it or Joe is not available, then you can have a lineup like that. Yeah. With Giddy and Kenny, I mean, I love Kenny, but it's 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 a tall task. Yeah. Uh, for him. If you have chat, I mean, you can you can just drop whatever and and try to just be conservative. You can try to play some zone. Uh, which is something that OKC is not doing. Um, but with, with Bertans, you may try to do that, not against the Sixers, because they are like the, like a very good shooting team. And so if you if you zone them out, then I don't know. But again, uh, my fascinations with shooters is mostly because Isaiah Joe is great, and I think that that is replicable. That is something that Muscala had. And Muscala was not the, the shooter nor the defender that Isaiah Joe is. Mm. So you just need to find... Uh, pieces that can do a couple of things on the court are like a spacer or just they 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 know how to play make on offense and they can they can they need to shoot. It's not super easy, but there are stuff in the draft that you can get, like a guy like Kispert, for example. Um, you, you can I'm sure that you can play Kispert on this team and he will be very good. Yeah, because of the because of the gravity, because of the um, the shooting, will it be great on defense? No. Can you sustain him for ten minutes? Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the guys haven't taken all that many threes. Uh, stop me if if you want to talk about any of them. Usman Jang, twenty six percent. Jay Will, twenty six percent. That is going up. Yeah, yeah, that one will go up. Wiggs, thirty five percent. Feels about right. Uh, Mitsich, thirty five point seven percent. It feels like it'll go up. That's about right. That's about right. Yeah. You don't think he's any better? Mm, not this year. Yeah. Uh, Lindy Waters, 46%, only on 13 shots, though. Bertans, 3 of 12. It's pretty bad, only 25%. And he's a much better shooter than that. Uh, Kenrich is 7 for 11, 63%. Mm-hmm. That'll go down, safe to say. Yeah. And then uh, Trey Man, Poku, and Saar, you know, they're there. Yeah, um, I think that there is some. There are some numbers that will go down, um, namely Kazen and Lou, um, and they were integral part of Such a hater. like many wins. Such a hater! Come on, that will happen. Don't don't. I mean, I'm not discussing the busted layups 
So I'm already like uh, on top of my hate. Hey, uh, and by the way, I tweeted about this and I, I was thinking about one mistake by Lou and the other one by Giddy. And I think that there was a third one by another player. And everyone assumed that I was subtweeting Lou Dort. No, I said that OKC missed a lot of bunnies. Like Dort missed two, Giddy missed two or three. And I think that also Wiggs or uh, or also Kazen missed some some really bad looks. And and my point was, hey, we are very close. Not, hey, Lou, we lost us the game. But this is how I'm perceived right now. So And, I, and I'm completely deserving. So I, uh, um, I'm i not going to complain. I am the Dort hater. And so I can... Hey, he's, he's taken on a much lesser role. And he's in about the right kind of space right now for Lou. I feel like he's been great. Yeah, I know. Against the Sixers, I think the defense was not good enough. Maxi torched him, well, which is fine. Play. He didn't. Can happen. I mean, he didn't play. He didn't play all that much either. Yeah, he didn't play all that much. He has the second lowest usage rate of his entire career. Yeah. So, good on you, Lou. Good job, Lou. Uh, okay, let's take a look at what else I've got on my stat sheet. Uh, they're first in contested shots per game, so that's good. Some of that's. Pace, they're like 10th in pace, I think. So they play a pretty mm-hmm. fast game, but they can test a lot of shots. And then obviously, like the rebounding problems is like the the one like real bad thing right now. I mean, they're second in net rating. They're like almost all like tons of their stats are just really good. But um, 27th in rebound percentage, 28th in offensive rebound percentage, and 20 Aaron 30th in defensive rebound percentage. It's we talked about it a little bit earlier that they've just have got to go get the basketball and. They're never going to be a top half of the league rebounding team, but they can certainly be better than what they have been. This is this is a spot where Josh can really improve. Um, he's got to right. Like that's this is like part of his his thing is like he's one of the better rebounding guards in the NBA. He was uh, this year. Is not, and I think that a lot of the rebounds um, that are there can be taken. One thing that is happening is that a lot of the rebounds that OKC allows are very, very difficult rebounds, like long rebounds. Mm. There are many of them, which is something that I don't know why that, that happens. I think that the, there are some explanations about where and how OKC defends team and so where they, they take shots. Um, but I see like a lot of rebounds that are long, and OKC is terrible at them. And I don't know... If that is a byproduct of, hey, we are rotating like crazy, and so whenever the shots go up, I mean, we we are in a weird spot, and we are beat to the spot a lot because we are doing other th- other things, like mm-hmm. um, maybe someone is running the fast break, maybe someone is uh, boxing out, I don't know. So this is something that I would really like to analyze a little bit more in the coming games to see what kind of rebounds. I mean, I know that you and Alex did... Um, pod basically on that mm-hmm. um so you, you know more than me on that up and on that end but but i think that there are stuff that you can do without needing like a um, rebounding maniac to help you out definitely i mean a lot of this is just going to be on the current roster to figure it out and for the coaching staff to figure it out it's not necessarily like they i, I would say that part of it is personnel based for sure and there's some intentionality behind it because they I mean, what are you going to say? They're top 10 in both offense and defense. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're you not going to be the best at everything. What they need to do is, like, just not be the absolute worst. 
at it. Mm-hmm. And I think that they have it within this current roster to not be that. So uh, I think that you can only be pleased <laughs> with this team thus far. I mean, 11-5 and five is, a, is a ridiculous record at this point. Now, yeah. they have some challenges upcoming. They have Minnesota in Minnesota tomorrow night. They have the Lakers at home on Thursday. And then uh, Saturday in Dallas, which is like those are those are not easy games. And then they move into the in-season tournament, which they're not going to participate in. They've been eliminated, but they are – going to have other games that will be rescheduled during that time too. So there, there's going to be other games on the schedule within there of other teams that have been eliminated from the knockout rounds of the in-season tournament. So uh, that will be very interesting. And then Utah at home on the 11th of December, Sacramento in Sacramento on Thursday. Man, it's such a tough, it's a tough place to play. High-powered offense, the Thunder just have to be better and you kind of – hope that they have strong memories of their first time playing there mm-hmm. this year because they need to play better uh, at Denver. And Denver has not been awesome as of late, but are going to get Jamal Murray back soon. And then we'll wrap up the schedule before Christmas. They have Memphis at home, which is one of the saddest teams in the league right now. The Clippers at home on Thursday, the 21st. The Lakers again on the 23rd, and that's all before Christmas. So some challenging teams, some teams that they definitely need to beat. Like, they need to beat Utah. They need to beat Memphis. And then the rest are, like, I mean, Minnesota, L.A., Dallas, Sac, Denver, Clippers, Lakers. Like, those are all toss-ups. Like, I think we will have a very clear picture as to who the Thunder are by Christmas. Like yeah. who who are they truly? And I and I think honestly, I already feel like I have a pretty good picture of who they are, even if they lost a big chunk of those. Like I would still feel very confident about them being a good team and like a team that's going to get to the playoffs and that is we're going to learn a lot about. And so this is is a stretch that the and the league is just tough. Like just flat out, this league is tough night to night. Um. But yeah, I think by Christmas we're going to know who this team is, and that's really exciting. Yeah, it is exciting, and I think that um, even if this team is going to be maybe I don't know, um, maybe not with a uh, with a great record by Christmas, I think they will be like steadily above fifty percent. Yeah, uh, in the I record. think that's I think it's fair a fair expectation. Yeah. And and those are toss ups, but OKC already won some toss ups. Um, yeah. I mean, they won back to back games. Yeah. I mean, they they won twice against Cleveland. Is is Cleveland a great team? No, um, but they play tough. Um, they beat Atlanta. You know, they beat good. Phoenix. Yeah. Um, was not great. Uh, they they didn't have book, but they won that game. And again against Philly on a night where, like, Embiid took a gazillion free throw shots. And he played an amazing game. He lost by four on without one of your best players, your third best best player, which is not nothing. Um, same way the if you if you excuse Phoenix because they didn't have book, you you can take a little bit out of the loss against um, Philly. 
because of that. And also they lost against us against the worst mm -hmm. because Shea was not there. So mm -hmm. there are stuff that you can you can point out um, that happened that you can say, well, maybe they could have had like a little bit better of a record. So I think that the um, like playing tough teams right now is is what this team need. They need to learn how to win tough. Yeah. They had already a few games where they did. Um, it's great that they face um, these three teams over the next week. I think that if they go one and two, that would be very good. If they go on three, a little bit bad. If they somehow win more than 50% of those games, this team is going to be insanely fun for the rest of the season. Yeah. Maybe anyway. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. Please go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for $1 a month for 12 months. You can only do that for the next few hours. If you guys are watching live on YouTube and we have a lot of people doing that, please hit the like button right now. That would be very helpful. And be sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, if you are listening to this on the podcast side, it would mean a lot to us if you would subscribe. And then again, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, my bosses are watching, so please uh, give us five stars and say nice things. That would mean a lot to us. I uh, hope you guys have an awesome day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.